we have it on the board back here. I'm not sure if they're pulling it up this morning. But we're going to go to Exodus chapter 4. Before we read, let us pray. Father God, I just thank you. Father, I thank you for giving us this day, giving us this opportunity to feast at your table, Father God, to hear your word, Father, to learn more about you and your ways, Father God. Just let whatever is said today, Father, just permeate us and keep us and strengthen us, Father God. Pour me out entirely, Father God, so that this word comes solely from you, Father God. Let there be none of me and my flesh to get in your way. Father God, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Exodus 4, verse 10 says, Then Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. But he said, O Lord, please send by the hand of whoever, whoever else you may send. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well. And look, he is also coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. Now you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and I will teach you what you shall do. So he shall be your spokesman to the people, and he himself shall be as a mouth for you, and you shall be to him as God. And you shall take this rod in your hand with which you shall do the signs. Amen. That ends the reading of the word. You may be seated. So when I was given this assignment, the one thing I was sure of is that the topic for the month was grace. But I also knew I didn't necessarily have to speak about grace. And I'm going to tell you the honest to goodness truth is grace is a difficult thing to talk about. Not because you don't experience all the time, but because trying to define it is difficult. But that's what I did, is I went on and I tried to define it. So I went the purely exegetical route. So I, I looked up historical context and, and definitions and, and all of that. I read other commentaries to try to get the right definition of grace. And you know what I found? That if you've been a Christian for uh, even a couple of days, you've already heard the definition of grace. It's unmerited favor. But I said, okay, there's got to be more to it than just that. There can't be just those two words because those two words don't describe enough of what grace is. So I had to go back into the language and go back into the Old Testament and into the New Testament. And in the Old Testament, the word they use for grace is hen. And hen means unmerited favor, but that's okay. <laughs> we just keep going around and around in this little circle, right? 
But it was actually really important to understand unmerited favor, particularly in the Old Testament. When Adam and Eve, and yes, I said Adam and Eve, sinned and they fell from grace, there was really at that point no way for us to be in God's presence. The sinful nature of us could no longer relate to the righteousness that is God. So there was no way to be right in God's eyes at that time. So we had to find favor. There was no other way. And I'm just grateful that God found favor on certain people. He found favor on Noah and Abraham and Moses. We're going to come back to Moses in a little while, though. But then we go to the New Testament. And in the New Testament, the Greek word that is used in the New Testament for grace, that's translated to grace, is charis. And charis literally means grace. Again, back in this circle, right? So we had to go deeper and look at what is the root word of charis, and it's kezd. And kezd means, let me make sure I read it and get it right. Kezd means deliverance from affliction, adversities, or enemies. But then that definition goes further and says it also denotes enablement, daily guidance, forgiveness, and preservation. If that's not grace, I don't know what grace is. But even though I've got this big definition at this point, I realized that it's still not enough. Grace is one of those things that you really can't grasp unless you're affected by it. It's kind of like love, right? Romantic love, you remember when you were a kid and somebody would say, oh, I'm so in love. And you were like, well, how do you know you're in love? And they were like, oh, my heart flutters and, and I get butterflies every time and, and all of that. But you don't really understand it until you experience it for yourself. That's what grace is. And the thing is that we don't recognize that grace has been with us since day one. We sometimes look for some big, grandiose thing that's not there. You're overlooking the small things that got you through from point A to where you are today. Amen? So then we have to look in the New Testament because that's really where people talk about grace is in the New Testament, that that's where grace started. And I think, like I said, grace was there from the beginning. Grace was given to Noah. Grace was given to Abraham. Grace was given to Moses. Otherwise, there would have been no New Testament to come along. God had to find favor in these people to do his will, to do his work, to get us to the point where we are now. But that's okay, I did, I did the work and I looked in the New Testament and I found that there are about 150 references to grace in the New Testament. And not one of them was said by Jesus. Not one. So then I thought, well, if Jesus didn't use the word grace, does that mean there was no grace? That's not even kind of close. 
Not even kind of close, Brother Michael. Jesus didn't need to talk about it. He was just going to do it. He is grace. Everything that he did was grace. He showed us the example of what grace is. And there's a couple examples I want to talk to you about today before we go back to Moses. One of my favorites. And I want to say it's Matthew 8 and 3. David's going to put that on the board. Jesus put out his hand. There was a, a leper. And the word says that Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leper was cleansed. Amen. I don't know how much you guys know about leprosy in those days. When you were a leper, you were shunned. You were outcast. You had to live on the outskirts of town. Nobody had have contact with you. You were persona non grata. Nobody touched you. Nobody hugged you. Nobody showed you love. But I need you to see that it says in the text here that Jesus touched him and then said, I am willing, be healed. He did not say you're healed and then touch him. He touched him and then said, I am willing, be healed. And if you can put yourself in the shoes of that leper for just a minute, this man who had been on the outskirts, who had been shunned, who had been left alone, who nobody loved, who nobody cared about, who never heard, I love you, I'll touch you, I'll be there for you, Jesus touched him. And in that touch, he said so much more than you are healed. In that touch, he said, you are loved. In that touch, he said, you are my friend. In that touch, he said, whatever it has that you have been through is forgiven, it is forgotten, it is over, it is done. In that one touch, in that one touch, Jesus showed us so much more, so much more than we could even begin to imagine. But that's not the only example of grace that Jesus gave us. In John 8, there was the adulterous woman. So the people found her doing whatever it was she was doing, that's not my business. And they brought her to Jesus and said, the law says she's supposed to be stoned because she was doing wrong. And Jesus, we all know the story that he bent down and he was writing something in the ground and he said, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Going back to our definition of grace, it said that he, that grace works through Enablement, daily guidance, forgiveness, and preservation. In that moment, when Jesus said, 
let he who is without sin cast the first stone. He not only told her, whatever it is, don't worry about it. You're forgiven. He preserved her in that moment as well. Kept her. Kept her alive. But at the same time, those people, those men who were out to stone her, he gave them daily guidance to understand, hey, you're not perfect either. She may have done wrong, but how is her wrong any different than the wrong that you did? And you're still standing here today to sit here and say that this woman should be stoned. You're still standing here today. I kept you. God kept you. But yet you want to put her to death for what she did? Daily guidance, forgiveness, and preservation happened in that very moment. So the thing is, Jesus, as he walked among us, he showed us what grace really is. He showed us what it is to be preserved. He showed us what it is to be delivered from our afflictions, from our adversities, and from our enemies. In those two examples, he delivered one person from their affliction and delivered another from both her adversity and her enemies. So the important thing to note here from those two examples is that that same power that worked then is in working us today. Amen. Amen. It wasn't a one-time thing. There are countless examples of Jesus in the Bible healing a leper, somebody saying, please cleanse me. I believe, will you cleanse me? And he said, of course I will do it. I will do it. And a lot of times these people believe that the lepers were that way because of some sin that they had committed. Whether that's true or not, that's another story. We're not going to get into that today. But they believe that it was because of some sin. And so it's really important to understand that Jesus said, you're forgiven. It's not about what you did. It's about what you do from this day forward. Grace is there to give you another opportunity to get it right. Another opportunity to do what God has asked you and called you to do. Grace is there because you have a job to do. But that's not even where I wanted to stay today. <laughs> We're going to go back to Exodus 4, 10. And look at this example of Old Testament grace. And I'm actually going to step away from my notes. Amen. We already talked about why Old Testament grace was important, why we needed Old Testament grace. And God found grace, favor upon Moses. Thank God for Moses and the law. So one thing that the women in the women's ministry know that I, I think there's only been one women's ministry meeting where we didn't talk about Moses. I do, I think there's only been one. 
And I realized that's because I identify with Moses so much. And I, I realize right now that I've never told them why I identify with Moses, so I guess I'll just tell everybody the story. <laughs> Moses was a Hebrew man raised in Egypt. Sometime as he was an adult, he saw an Egyptian man and a Hebrew man fighting. And he wanted that to stop, and he ended up killing the Egyptian man. Later on, he sees these two Hebrew men fighting, and then they say, oh, are you going to kill me like you killed the Egyptian man? So Moses ran. Moses ran to a place called Midian. He ran away from what he had done. He ran away from his past. He ran away to this, what I like to think of as a middle place. He, he just ran. And he set up camp there, too. Got married, had kids, made a life in that middle place. But then God called him with that burning bush and said, Moses, I have another plan for you. I have a job for you to do. And that job is going to take you back to Egypt, where you just ran from. And God said, don't worry about it. I need you to go back there, and I need you to do this for me. And I put myself in Moses' shoes, and I realized how much I run from the past. And I know I can't be the only one. Running from the past and set up shop in this middle place. This middle place that's not my destiny. This middle place that just has me sitting here waiting. This middle place that I done set up shopping and I done got kind of comfortable in this place. But God has another plan. In fact, God said, that thing that you did, that place that you're running from, those people that you may have hurt in your past, I'm going to use that same experience. I'm going to use that place. I'm going to use those same people to propel you into your destiny. And that's what Moses did. So I realized as I read that story that it's time for all of us to get out of that middle place. Amen. To get out of our Midian. I don't know what your Midian looks like, and I don't know what your past looks like, but I can also tell you this, your past does not matter. Come on. That same thing that you did, that same thing that somebody did to you, that same thing that you were running from, God is going to use that thing to propel you into what he has made you to be. He uses those things. He uses those things and he gives you grace to deliver you from those things. Grace to deliver you from that adversity. Grace to deliver you from those enemies and propels you into the next thing that he has planned for you because he has a plan for you. Amen. So you can't stay in your Midian. It's time to get out of your Midian. 
So now y'all know the story. That's why me and Moses. But back to our text. Exodus 4.10. God said, Moses, I'm going to use you, and I need you to do X, Y, and Z. And Moses gave every excuse in the book throughout chapter 3. Every excuse in the book. Then it came to this one. Oh, I should say, all those excuses, God solved all those excuses too and said, no, just do this. Okay, just do this. Just do this. Just do this. Then it comes to this one. And Moses said, I'm not eloquent. I, I can't speak. I'm slow of tongue. That's not, basically, God, that's not my job. That's not my role. I can't do it. That's not who I am. And the thing is, God said two things to him. He said, actually, he said three things, but we're going to focus on the first two. Who made your tongue? Who made your mouth? Basically, I know what you can do. Why are you telling me what you can and you cannot do? I don't know who you think you are. I made you. And because I made you, I'm going to make this work. If I made you, Moses, don't you think that I can make that work around it? The second thing is, he said, so I'm going to put my words in your mouth. Basically, I'm going to enable you. I'm going to give, me, give you this grace to enable you to do the things that I have called you to do. So what we all need to take from that is that excuses don't work. You can sit here and you can tell God all day long, oh, that's not my portion, Jesus. That's not my job. That's not my role. God, that's, you, you need somebody else to do that. And I'm a living person. I'm going to stand here and tell you that I have said that. I don't even know how many times. However, I'm still standing in front of you today no matter what I said. So when God tells you to do something, it doesn't really matter what you want to do. You're going to do it. Somehow, you're going to do it. How many of y'all know that God is a promise keeper? How many of you know that God is a way maker? How many of you know that God is everything you need right when you need it? If he told you, I need you to do this, then that means you're going to do it. <laughs> Period. It means you're going to do it because he's not going to lie to you. No matter how much you fight it, you can fight it all you want to. But it's going to happen because he's a promise keeper. And if he promised you that this thing is going to happen, then that thing is going to happen whether you like it or not. That thing is going to happen. So your best bet is just to accept the grace that he's giving you to get that thing done right now in this place. 
and start working on it. Because the one thing I can tell you is that you're not dismissing what he said. All you're doing is delaying it. That's all you're doing is delaying it. So do you want to delay it or do you want to just go ahead and say, you know what, God, you're going to get it anyway. So why am I going to keep doing this? Why am I going to keep fighting you? Why am I going to keep telling you no? When the real thing that I need to do is remember that, God, if you're telling me that I'm going to do this, then that means that you are giving me the ability to do it. You are enabling me to do it. And you're going to give me the daily guidance to get it done. You are going to forgive me for those things that I have done in my past and use them no matter what. And you are going to preserve me from all those things that have come up against me so that I can get those things that you want done, done. That's the important thing to remember. And let's go further down into that text. When God said, after Moses had basically protested umpteen times, God said, okay, fine. Your brother Aaron, the Levite, I know he can speak well. I'm going to put him out there. But what I really appreciate about that text is that it doesn't say, fine, I'll give the word to Aaron. He didn't say that. He said, I'm going to give the word to you, Moses, and you're going to give it to Aaron. So no matter what, Moses, you're going to do what I told you to do. However it's going to get done, it's going to get done. I told you to do it, so you're going to do it. So the word still came through Moses into Aaron and then Aaron to the people because God is a promise keeper. Because if he said, it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. But there's another example in, it's actually in the New Testament that we're gonna look at. 2 Corinthians 12. Eight through ten. And it reads Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That reminded me of Moses, too, with his I can'ts. So right here we see another man with another affliction. But he's looking at it in a completely different way. He's got an affliction And I will tell you, biblical scholars will argue over what that affliction was, but the affliction doesn't matter. What the affliction was doesn't matter because we all have an affliction of some sort. But that affliction, he begged for it to go. He pleaded for God to take that thing from him. He said, I can't do this. 
That's me putting myself in his shoes. God, I can't do this with this affliction or I'll be more effective if I just didn't have this. I'll be better. If you could take away my, my speech impediment, then I could be better. If you would make this thing I did go away, it would make me better. If you would make everybody forget about my past, that would just make it better. But God said, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. So in other words, it's not you that's going to do it. And if I take that affliction away from you, if I take that thing away from you, now you're going to decide that it's you who did the thing and it's not you. I need them to know that it's me, that not just that you did this, but that you did it in spite of. You did it in spite of your past. You did it in spite of that thing that is stopping you. You did it in spite of that thing that you hate about yourself. You did it in spite of because it wasn't you who did it. It was me working through you that got it done. When I look at all these different stories, these different examples, these different pieces of things that God used to show us grace. And there's countless more that we could go through, countless more. But when he uses those things, what it needs to do is remind us Remind us of oh so many things. But remind us that through our adversity, through our afflictions, and through our enemies, God will show us his grace. And he's going to show it to us through enablement. The title of this message, by the way, I realized just right now that I never gave it. It was Grace Got This. Because no matter what it is, grace is going to take care of it. If God called you to do it, he's going to give you the grace to make sure it happens. Enablement. He's going to give you the power, the strength, whatever it is you need to get that done. He will enable your body. He will enable your mind. He will enable your speech as he would do with Moses. But he's going to give you the ability. The daily guidance. You have to be so in tune with him that he can tell you what your next step is today, then the next day, then the next day. But what people, I think, often miss is that that that's grace that he tells you what to do every day. Because if you didn't know what you needed to do today, what wrong step would you take? What would you miss out on doing simply because you weren't in tune with what God wanted you to do? So every day, 
as you just stay focused on God and stay so in tune with God, then you can get the everyday message of what it is you need to do to make sure that that grace is going to cover your actions for the day. Forgiveness. Mm, I'm sorry. Forgiveness. A lot of times, we think that our past disqualifies us. And I know everybody talks about this, but our past does not disqualify us. Think back to Moses. He murdered a man in Egypt. But his past didn't disqualify him. In fact, God was going to use that to somehow move him into his next step and move him into what he needed to do. He preserved him. He forgave him for what he did and then used him to preserve his people. No matter how much they complained, no matter how much they went against him, no matter how much they decided they were going to serve another God, God continued to give them grace every single day to keep them alive. Even the umpteen times that he said, I'm going to destroy this place, he still gave them grace and preserved them and kept them because grace can do anything. When God decides to put his grace upon you, you can do anything. You can do whatever it is he has asked you to do. And it's funny, I use the word ass. It's not really an ass. It's more of a tail, but you know. Sometimes he's polite like that and just says, okay, will you do this for me? And other times it's just like, get up and go. But in either case, it's his grace that gives you the ability to get those things done. Now here's the kicker. And we at the women's ministry, we talked about this yesterday. Do you actually recognize the grace that has brought you to where you are? Do you actually think? Do you actually say, God, that was nothing but your grace that brought me through? Because I know, I know that what I was doing should have had me dead. I know who I was hanging with should have had me dead. I know who I angered at some point in time should have had me dead. But you're not. You're sitting here today. By the grace of God, you are sitting in this place today. By the grace of God, you have come out of whatever it was that you used to be into. And by the grace of God, you are here today to give God praise, to give God honor, and to give God glory. And my question to you today is, are you actually giving him the glory? Are you giving him the honor that he is due? Do you actually recognize what it is he has done in your life? Do you actually recognize that he is the one who has brought you to this point? Do you actually recognize where you could be? 
versus where you actually are? Do you actually recognize that grace is what got you to this place? Do you actually recognize that grace is what got you to be where you are? Grace is what kept you in your right mind. Grace is what gave you your family. Grace is what gave you your friends. Grace is what gave you the ability to do whatever it is you need to do, whatever it is you were called to do. And for that, you need to be thanking and praising him right now in this place. Hallelujah. God, I thank you for your grace. God, I thank you for your grace. I thank you, God, for those things that you gave to me. I thank you for those afflictions that you gave to me, God, because I recognize right now that it is nothing but you that has brought me through. I thank you, God, for the afflictions that you have given to me. I thank you, God, for the enemies that you have given to me. I thank you, God, for the adversities that you have put in my path because, Father God, if it was not for that, I would have thought it was all me, and it's not me at all. It is all you, Father God, and I can stand here today as an example, Father. I can stand here today as an example and let you guys see me and see the fact that I am still walking. I am still standing. I am still talking. I am able to be in front of you right now because I could have lost my mind. I could have lost everything that I had. God gave me the grace to still make it through. And if you do not recognize that God has given you that same grace, I'm not special. I'm not special. God gave all of you the same grace. He gave all of you the same grace. He did not say, he did not say, Keely, he did not say, Keely, you're the only one. He did not say, Keely, you're the only one. He didn't. He gave all of you the same grace he gave to me. The same grace he gave to me. But let me tell you the difference between the grace that he gave to me and what he may have given to you or maybe some of the people that you knew. The difference is, I accepted that grace. That's the difference. The difference is, I said, God, I can't do this. God, this is not me. God, I ain't got it all together. I don't have what I need to do, what, what you called me to do, so I'm just going to give it all to you and say, God, this is your show. So now the question really is, is this God's show or is this your show? You just need to decide today. Is this God's show or is this your show? So you need to just accept what it is he has given you because this is his show. We need to just say right now, God, this is your show. This is not my show, Father God. This is your show. And if this is what you want me to do, then God, I know you're going to give me the ability to do it. I'm going to accept your grace in my life. And I'm going to say thank you, Father God, for every minute that you have given to me, for everything that you have enabled me to do, for everything that you have forgiven me for, and for every time you have preserved me from those things that have come against me, Father God. I just thank you. This is God's show. This is God's show. This isn't your show. It's time for you to give it up. It's time for you to release it. It's time for you to understand that those afflictions, that those adversities, that those enemies are there so that God can deliver you from them, but so that God can deliver you from them. Not so you can deliver you from them, but so God can deliver you from them. So that you can recognize that God said, I've got this. I've got this in the palm of my hands. I've got this all taken care of. Not you, I've got this. And now that I'm doing it in your life, now everybody is gonna see that it's not about you and that it's about me. Because what you were into, 
what you were into, you couldn't have done that by yourself. You couldn't have got out of that by yourself. You couldn't have got through that without help. You couldn't have got through that without me. And now all the people, all the people can look upon your life and say, Grace did that. Grace did that. That wasn't nobody but grace. That was nothing but God's grace. Because I know, I know what he was into. I know what she was into. And I know that they didn't do it on their own. I know that there's got to be something bigger. I know that there's got to be something stronger. That is what got them through that. And what is that thing that got them through it? Because now I need to know and understand. God's grace in your life is an example. Grace is there not just for you, but to show everybody else God's power and his might and his mercy. I've been gone through about 10 topics at this point, but there's a couple things that I need you to take away from this. Is that one, God is going to deliver you from your enemies, adversities, and afflictions. That's what grace does. Number two, how grace does it is through enablement, forgiveness, preservation, and daily guidance. Number three, you still need to accept it. You can't be out saying, God, I need this in order to do what you told me to do. You have to just say, God, I will accept whatever it is you have given me. I will accept that daily guidance. I will accept the enablement. I will accept the preservation. I will accept the forgiveness. I will accept whatever it is you have given me to do what you have called me to do. Grace is active in our lives. Every moment of every day. Every moment of every day. I mean, it's even what allowed you to make it into this house today. You didn't get into an accident on your way here because he has another plan for you. He has another goal in mind for you. And it's for you to accept it and walk in that and walk in God's grace. Just accept what it is he has for you. Grace has everything you need. Grace got everything to get you to where you need to be. And if you need to, just sit for a minute and think about what grace has got you through this far. Just think about where you could have been 
And then when you hear from God on what it is your next steps are, I don't want to hear those excuses. You don't want to hear those excuses either. Because it's over. You now know that grace, that he will give you the grace to do whatever it is he's called you to do. And you might as well just do it, otherwise you're going to end up like Moses, who said, I'm not going to do this, I really can't do it. And God said, all right, fine, I'll give you a helper, but you're still going to do what I told you to do. So why fight it? Why push against it? Just do what God has asked you to do. Go, do what God has told you you are to do because your purpose in this world is so much bigger than you. Your purpose is not about you. It's to give him all the glory that he deserves. So today, I just ask you to recognize that grace got anything that you need. Amen. Amen. Amen.